Greetings to each one here this morning. Thanks for those, those precious verses. What a refuge. Do we realize what kind of a refuge we have that we can go to such a refuge, to such a God that really cares and understands about everything we, everything that we face. He, he understands that and uh, he has a refuge for us. Before I begin, let's pray. Do we mind standing for a word of prayer here? <clears throat> Lord, I just thank you for this time together. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, that you have a refuge for your people and that you are interested in what happens in these four walls here this morning. You're interested in each one of our hearts, and Lord, we're here to strengthen to lift up the hands that hang down, to strengthen the feeble knees, to uh, strengthen the things that remain, Lord. And I just pray for grace, Lord, to say the things that you've laid on my heart. and Help me, Lord, to, to be a strengthening factor here this morning. Just thank you for your word. Thank you for the church. Thank you for each brother and sister. And thank you, Lord, for your presence here. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. Welcome to each one here, uh, especially our visitors. It's good to see you again, and it's uh, always, always a blessing. <clears throat> it's a blessing to gather together with those that love the same God you love. <clears throat> this morning, for a short opening, a meditation here, the Lord has laid a burden on my heart, and uh, I almost think this would have made a better regular message than an opening, but uh, we'll say what God wants us to say here this morning. The title is Bone of My Bone, Flesh of My Flesh, and this is found in Genesis chapter 1, actually Genesis chapter 2, verse 15 there, is where the account starts where God... <clears throat> God made man, and he put him in the Garden of Eden. I'll just read from 15 to the end of the chapter here in the beginning. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil... Thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field, every fowl of the air, and brought them into Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all the cattle and all the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a help meet for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. 
Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, and the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. I always found this to be very intriguing, that, that Adam made this statement. And he said, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. He said that before they ever had children before he ever had any other examples of how families grow up and then their children get married and leave the mother and father. This was a prophetic voice. This was something I think that God put in his heart to say here before he ever had a son or daughter to leave home, before he ever even had a wife to begin with. He said this, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. <clears throat> what's on my heart here this morning is is this is an, a beautiful account and we see how God established this in the beginning for, for man and woman how God made them male and female how he joined them together but when we go into chapter 3, verse 1, the very first verse says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God hath made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said. Here God had made such a beautiful thing, and he made something that was eternal, something that would, would stand the test of time. The, the marriage of the first man and woman the establishing of the home here upon the earth. And the very next verse comes in and says, but the serpent said, hath God said, <clears throat> out to destroy. Whatever, whatever God makes that is beautiful, whatever is, is wonderful in the eyes of God, the devil is out to destroy it, and he's out to take it away and out to manipulate to kind of drive a wedge in and try to, to bust it apart. And there's nothing, there's nothing more beautiful on the face of the earth than what God established right here when he made man and woman and he established a home where a, a safe haven for little children can be born, where, where the, the future generations will be, will be sent forth from. And the devil knows that if he can come in there and he can destroy that even in a small way, he has a great advantage, maybe not over your children, maybe not even over your grandchildren, but what about their grandchildren? If these wedges can be driven into, into our marriages and into our homes, and if there's just a small little crack the devil will keep driving those wedges to where one day there will be a separation. And the serpent is, the, the, the devil is, is whispering, yea, but hath God really said? <clears throat> My heart here this morning is not to, not to make you feel bad if you've made mistakes and not to make you feel bad if, if, if something has if you've put some, allowed some cracks to, to form in your foundation, but to strengthen that, to, to help us to gather, to heal that, 
to, to seal up those gaps where, where the devil, even though he is more subtle, it says the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. The devil is more subtle than any other force on the face of the earth that wants to come in and, and drive a wedge in somewhere. And somehow God has laid a burden on my heart here this morning is that, that we need to strengthen our, the homes. We need to strengthen the marriages. We have a lot of marriages represented here this morning. We have young married couples. We have older couples that have been married for 50 years. We have others that have been married for 20 years and 15 years. And we ourselves have been married almost 40 years. <clears throat> but you know what? That same serpent is still trying to plant a seed of division. And don't think that you can ever get old enough to where you'll get over that. But we need to inoculate ourselves and open our eyes and see, see this fruit hanging on the tree and still say no to it the way Adam and Eve were supposed to say no to it. <clears throat> and I would like to just this morning identify some of that forbidden fruit that hangs out there that will destroy your union with God and destroy the union with each other. <clears throat> One of the things I think that is probably as more as detrimental to marriages and to relationships with God, and also again I would like to just strengthen that that the marriage union is a human type of what God would have as a, our marriage to Christ. The, the, uh, the human marriage is, is one of the closest types that, that depicts that. And it's, it's a beautiful thing when you start comparing the two. It's, it's, it's something that God wants to work for us here because it works with us there, if that makes sense to you. <clears throat> but one of the things... That is, that can be, it can be a very useful tool, but one of the things that can drive more wedges into more marriages, into more relationships with God, is a little thing that you carry in your pocket like this. Beware. It's a cell phone, Brother Laverne, you can't see this, and you don't have one exactly like this, but you have a cell phone. Cell phones are, are mega computers right now, and they're getting faster and more efficient every day. And they're coming out with bigger and better and faster ones that you can go, you can, you can connect with people around the globe at the, at the touch of a finger right now. <clears throat> and it's, it can be a distraction, it can be a tool, it can be a very useful thing, but it can also become a very distracting thing. I just like to challenge all of us is there's nothing wrong with sometimes just shutting your phone off and, or leaving it in the car or whatever. I only have mine in my pocket because I wanted to use that as an illustration this morning. We need to be careful with those things and be responsible with them. Or one day, someone in some future generation could possibly allow that to become a snare and drive a 
wedge in their marriage. You can connect with people around the globe. You can connect with and you can form, um, if I can't find the word, but uh, you can form relationships that are not real with people and, the, and it can steal your heart. <clears throat> it can waste your time. It can also strengthen your marriage. It can strengthen you. If you're out on the job and you want to text your wife and tell her you love her, you can just do it by like that and it's done. You can thank her for your lunch. You can, you can tell her when you're coming home. You can tell her you're going to be two minutes late. You can do all kinds of those good things. But you can also waste a lot of time doing this with your thumb. Just do-do-do-do. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. Just beware. It's a useful thing. And I wouldn't know how we could do without but we need to be careful that it doesn't drive a wedge in because it is a subtle thing. It is a subtle, subtle thing that can, that can destroy us. <clears throat> another, another thing that, is, that wants to destroy us is, is uh, being excessively busy and you don't have time. Any kind of relationships take time. Anything that is worth having takes time. Instant, instant anything is not as good as the one that takes a little time. There's a few things that are pretty instant, that are pretty delicious, but for the most part, the things that you spend and labor over have more value than the things that are instant. I would any day rather sit down to a home-cooked meal than to slide through McDonald's and grab a Big Mac on the run. Although there's place for that, but if we make a habit of running that fast race, we may not have time to build up that relationship with our, other, with our bones and our flesh, which is our, our partners. This is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. That's the, the connection that God wants us to have with our spouses. That's the connection that God wants us to have with him. It's the connection that God wants us to have with each other. Bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. <clears throat> and the devil is out to destroy that. <clears throat> the devil came to destroy it. Jesus came to fix it, make it work again. If you go on down through the book of Genesis, it wasn't really far. You don't read really too many chapters until the, the thing of multiple marriages was coming into play. And then you find um, soon, you don't have to get real far into the Bible. And then there's, uh, in Deuteronomy, you read of some some changes here and, and some, 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 you know, a little bit of loophole given for those that can't quite get along. And, and then here comes Jesus in Matthew 19 and he says, but from the beginning it was not so. And Jesus wanted to reestablish that in our hearts, that what God hath joined together, what God hath put together, 
let not man put asunder in chapter 19 of, of Matthew there. But the devil wants to take it apart. <clears throat> and the fruit that hangs low on the trees says, it's okay. It's okay because, it's okay because. And we throw in some situational ethics in there and say, well, but she was unfaithful and, and she did this or he did that or whatever. And so it's okay for you to kind of turn your heart the other way. Well, it's not okay. Jesus said, but from the beginning, it was not so. And when we go back to the beginning, this is the beautiful picture that God had made in the beginning was bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. That's what Adam said. That was his first response when he saw this woman that God made for him in this first marriage union. He's like, one flesh. How much, how much closer can you get than a piece of your arm, a piece of your rib, a piece of your, your own flesh? Jesus also said, but if you look, if you just look on another woman, you just cast the second glance, that second lustful glance, you have already stepped over the line and ate of the fruit that hangs low on the tree. And that's one of the things that the cell phone is so handy. You can just look at women anywhere around the world. Some was not even safe to empty your spam folder anymore. You ever notice that? Don't ever click on any of that junk that you're trashing out. And sometimes I have to go through my spam filter because something messed up. And, and sometimes some of our subscribers for the magazine for loaves and fishes, go into the spam filter. So I've kind of just scanned through there, make sure that none of that went in there because I dumped the thing every day. And I'm just like, what ever? Where did all this come from? It's spam from the devil. It's fruit hanging low on the tree that, and the devil's whispering says, oh, God didn't really mean for you not to look at that. When Jesus, what did Jesus say? He said, just one glance. You've committed adultery already. Beware of your spam folder. <clears throat> bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Make sure, brothers and sisters, make sure that your eyes are trained for the right person and that you don't look with the long, wrong motive and the wrong thought in your mind because it's all around us. You can't go to the grocery store without seeing things that you shouldn't look at twice. You can't go through the Walmart checkout aisle without seeing it hanging on the magazines. You can't... <clears throat> all because we are married not only to Christ but we are also married to our wives and we're married to our husbands. That's why we should. And also young men and young ladies, you say, well, okay, this isn't for me because I'm not married. Listen, 
It is for you because the way you are now is the way you will probably be once you're married. If you are loose with your eyes now, you will be loose with your eyes then. Just because you're married, don't make that, that, that won't change your heart as much. It'll do some, but it, it will not completely fix your problem. If you have a tendency to let your eyes rove, then you will let them rove when, you, when you're married. I'm sorry, but now is the time to train those little eyes. I know a brother, and when he would take his family to Walmart, he would always check out out in the, in, in the, um, in the nursery section. There's a checkout back there by the Lawn and Garden Center in, in Walmart. And there's very little advertisement hanging around those. He would always, he would truck their groceries and go out through the, through the Lawn and Garden Center and check out out there instead of checking out in the main aisle. He says, wicked, the devil owns them. I think the devil, <laughs> the devil is all around Walmart, so just be careful no matter where you go in there. <clears throat> But I think we need to be intentional and we need to be intentional about these little things that they don't drive wedges into our, into our children maybe or our grandchildren, if not ourselves. <clears throat> the other thing is there are lots of things, positive things that we can do to keep building and keep Nurturing that bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh attitude in our hearts. Look for the good. Praise each other. Compliment each other. Thank you. That was very good. If it is easier for you to hold open the door when you go into a store at Walmart, it's easier for you to hold the door open for some lady that you do not know than it is for you to hold it for your own wife, then something is wrong. And you need to check your heart on that. I'm not saying that it's wrong to hold open a door for a lady that is walking in the store. But if you don't do it for your wife, and then there is something wrong with that. <clears throat> To nurture this bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh attitude in your heart, it takes, it takes constant effort. It takes enjoying being in the presence of each other. It takes a appreciation for each other. It takes a, a connection with each other. I, uh, we have learned a lot of things through the 38 years of our marriage, 37 years, will be 38 in a few months. And I'm not here to give you all our good pointers. But if you don't learn something in 38 years, it's, you're pretty hard-headed. And we've learned a lot. We've been through a lot of rough roads, and we've come out on top. And I thank God for that. It's because of God. It's not because of how smart we were, but it's in spite of how dumb we were. <clears throat> but we have learned a lot of things, but there's still things to learn, and we need to keep learning. We need to keep focusing on each other and each other's needs and each other's emotions and each other's 
habits and all of those things, we have to figure out really what makes this work and what makes it work for me may not make it work for you. But God has a way for you and God has a plan for you and God, God's plan is that what God has joined together, don't you dare let any man put it asunder. And you need to figure out what it works for you and you need to build on that yourself. Sure, you can read lots of good encouraging things and you can find a lot of helpful things and we can help each other. But sometimes it's a one man's battle and you have to figure it out what makes it work for you. Just remember that the devil is more subtle than anything else and he wants to destroy the most precious thing in your life and that is your family. That is your relationship with, with your husband and your wife and your children. The devil wants to destroy that. And so I would just, my encouragement here this morning is to just foster and help, help us nurture this attitude of this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. One thing I wanted to say yet is it's hard. It's hard when 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 you're gone every day and you're working every day and it's hard to, you don't spend that much time. You come home and you're busy and and but we can't allow those that the busyness or other things to to take first place in our life. I know that when I was young, we were running a business. I was so wrapped up in that, had many employees. I just had very little time for my family. And I would go back, if I could go back and redo that, that is one of the biggest things that I would change. I would pour more into my family and, and less into business less into material pursuits, less into making money, less into making other situations work. I would put more into my, into my wife and into my family. And I just want to encourage you in that as young, young married men, you're energetic. You have lots of ambitions. You have lots of goals. You have lots going for you. And you have great abilities. But don't neglect the bone of your bone and the flesh of your flesh. Don't neglect your home. Even for one, don't let one little crack open in the door because the one that wants to deceive will drive the wedge in there. And again, we need to be on purpose. We need to on purpose open the door for our wife. We need to on purpose put the cap on the toothpaste again. We need to on purpose flush the commode and put the lid down. We need to on purpose do all of those little things that make life beautiful and smooth. And maybe that doesn't matter to your wife, but it does to mine. And, And figure out what does matter. Maybe she don't care about the toothpaste. Maybe she's the one that leaves the lid off, but maybe she has something else that is just as important to her, and you need to figure that out. But if you start figuring out those little things, the light bulb will come on in your mind, and you will see lots of things that, that will enhance the bone, upon, bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh attitude in your heart. <clears throat>
My parents would have been married 60 years had dad lived till November of last year. He died in February. And I know that <clears throat> that uh, sometimes, you know, as growing up, dad was very busy and and there was not not everything was right in our home. But I think there was a deep connection between mom and dad that that was so unshakable. No matter what which way the wind blew, no matter how high the storm got, no matter who walked down the street in high heels, dad's dad's absolute affection was for mom. And that's a that's a security that, that mom and dad planted in the hearts of all of us children and we want to put it in our grand our children and our grandchildren that the the only way the only way to come to that end of the road of your earthly road is to be careful with the little things or you're not going to make it to the end of the road. <clears throat> And now today, my mother, it's been almost a year that dad is gone. And mom keeps saying, every time I talk to her, you know, I think I miss dad more every day. And I've never once have I heard this thing, well, I'm glad he's out of the way. Huh. Wow, now I don't have to worry about him anymore. And this thing of walking in union with someone even though the roads sometimes were rough and they were hard and we had had some some hard times but there was an underlying thing there that was so beautiful and sometimes it didn't always show but now we see it real clearly when dad is gone and mom has shared her hearts many times with me that you know dad there was things that used to just kind of aggravate her about how he he would do this and that and I'm like yeah I remember those things how dad would sit there and maybe pick his nails or, you know, whatever. But she'd say, you know what, I'd give a million dollars to see him do it again. <clears throat> but they were, they were an example that, le- that, was, that was left to us, and we want to leave it to our children and to our grandchildren and to all those around us that there is a this bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh is an attitude of the heart. And you need to guard that and guard it well. Nurture it and nurture it well. Fertilize it and fertilize it well and it will grow. It will grow and grow and flourish if we allow it to grow. Simply because it's God's way. And it's, it's the same. God wants that to work in our hearts And he wants it to work in our hearts toward him. As we, as relationships work this way, they also work this way. It's hard for you to get on your knees and worship God and tell him how much you love him. If you can't love your brother or sister, your husband or wife, your son or daughter that sits at your table. And that is one of the things that, one of the greatest strengthening things that we have done in our marriage.
over the years that has, has given us more mileage than anything else, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, is the habit that my wife and I have is every single day before I leave for work, we'll get down on our knees and we'll hold hands and we'll pray together and pray for each other. And I know she's praying for me through the day. And that's the way I leave for work. And it helps. It helps make it through. But it's a part of that nurturing this bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh attitude in my heart. And it has changed so many things the way that I look at things. By us doing that has just changed so much in how our attitude is, how we can, how easily we can overlook the little things that used to just kind of get under our skin. You cannot. You cannot get on your knees and thank God for something. If you're really not thankful. In other words, you know what I'm saying? If you get on your knees and tell God how thankful you are for this person by your side, you almost have to be thankful because you've told God that you are. Okay? You understand how that works? There's something in that that is, yeah, it just changes how you think about things. I somewhat struggle to even share this this morning because of some of the failures that we've had in the past. But it just seemed like God kept bringing me back to this and it's like it helps you to strengthen it in your own heart if you share it. And this is something that I want for my home, I want for our family, and I want it for our children, I want it for all of us together is to nurture that attitude of the bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. And it will take us, it will take us to the end of the road if we, if we allow it to. It will strengthen our relationship with each other and it will strengthen our relationship with God. <clears throat> May God bless you this morning.